0: again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed, Episode 116, Just Good News, Journal Entry Number 14. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Bee Boomer Unleashed on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed, and on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. You can find our link at bboomerunleashed, and on Twitter at bboomerunleash one And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms. And if you would like to be on the B Boomer Unleashed podcast, have a great story to tell, or you know a friend who should be telling theirs, Drop us a line and let us know, and we'll do our best to get you on the podcast. Well, last week we left off uh, with uh, part one of our interview with Barry Smith, and he was just getting in to the place where he was getting ready to share his testimony about how Jesus came into his life and changed his world completely. Well, let's go to part two of that recorded interview now.
1: Pastor Poe. Was really skilled at going out among unsaved people and presenting the gospel to them. Right. And the really great thing about that was he not only went out and witnessed the people about eternal life in Jesus Christ, but he would pour himself into them after they got saved. Now, we did not, Brennan and I did not know this. We were living in a in a little apartment building uh we were on the brink of divorce i couldn't stay sober um i I was a welder i did work uh, as a welder and i of course drank up all my money every week and and you know pretty much partied on drugs and stuff like that and worked on the motorcycle and mistreated my wife brenda and And we were ready to break up, and uh, uh, life was really just terrible. (laughs) So our Brenda's brother, I'm sorry, Brenda's sister, Carol, uh, had come to the Lord because Pastor Poe had visited in her home, and she was married to a guy named Larry. And Larry was a welder, uh, but he was a construction welder. and He made a lot of money, and he used to flaunt that in my face. And I pretty much did not like him at all. Uh, When they got saved, the Lord laid a burden on their hearts, uh, laid a burden on Carol's heart, that's Brenda's sister, uh, to witness to us. Well, they didn't know how to do that, but Pastor Poe, uh, being the evangelist and shepherd that he was, uh, he arranged for people in that assembly um, to begin the process of prayer as he went out and witnessed to all kinds of people, um, probably as many as... Seven, 800 people came to Christ as a result of this man's evangelistic efforts. A new building was built, and there were quite a few people in what came to be known as Souls for Christ Baptist Church. People were praying uh, at what we might call the altar. It was steps that were down front in front of the podium, and they prayed. And Pastor Poe left at 7 o'clock in the evening. To come to our house. Now, my wife, Brenda, knew he was coming. And she begged me, stay here. There's a preacher coming. She was under conviction. She wanted to, she wanted a change of life. And I, I can surely understand that. Because I was mistreating her. I wasn't mean or brutal to her. But, you know, it was very difficult to live with me, given the addictions that I had. Um. So Pastor Poe left that church, that assembly, at 7 o'clock, and I went uh, to work on my chopper motorcycle and smoke dope and drink liquor and do what I always did, knowing that there was a preacher man coming. And uh, when Brenda begged me to stay there and speak to this preacher man, uh, I told her, I said, look, you can become a blue-haired, ditcher clacking groupie if you want to and sit around and knit quilts, but I'm leaving. I'm going down to work on my bike, and I don't want to see any preacher man, you know. So I left, and I stayed there working on my bike until I thought no self-respectable preacher would ever be out on the street because everybody knows that preachers go to bed at 6 o'clock in the evening. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, not to mention, uh, they wouldn't be able to tolerate a guy like me. You know, right. I would have been in the street fights and been stabbed in the eye and all kinds of stuff like that. But um, I came in at 10 o'clock at night, all loaded up on weed and liquor and everything like that, and I was making my way through the backyard. And it, at 10 o'clock at night, I literally ran into, I literally bumped into a man standing in my yard And i said what do you want he said i'm looking for barry and brenda smith and i said well you found us and we went upstairs in the apartment he gave clear's most authoritative presentation of why god sent his son into the world uh it was a a kind of a uh, what we might call a roman's road presentation But it just really made sense to me what he said. Um, After he had done that, um, he asked whether or not Brenda and I wanted to be saved. And Brenda said she did. And I remember my exact words. I said, you bet your boots I do. (laughs) Uh, So he said, well, you know, in those days, they offered up what was called a sinner's prayer. And Pastor Poe said, "I'm going to pray and thank God for giving me the opportunity to be here with you two tonight. And I'm going to, when I end my prayer, I want you to just tell God what you want. And uh, he did. he offered up his prayer and thank for being with us, Brenda. When when he got done, she uh, also uh, verbalized that she wanted Jesus the save her. And I said, God, I've made a mess out of my life, and I want you to save me. Well, there's a lot of backstory to all that, but I was a man who was full of hatred. Uh, The reason I I think I was filled with hatred was because I longed to kill my own dad with my bare hands. He was a victim, and He did terrible things to his kids and to my mom and I planned over and over and over that one day, I will get rid of you, old man. And I was just full of hate, uh, which I think you know, was expressed in a lot of different ways. The night that I said to God, I want you to save me, uh, in a really amazing way, uh, all of that was drawn out of me and I was flooded with peace All that hatred just left, and I slumped back on the couch. And for once in my life, I wasn't at war with anything. And as I understand things, when Pastor Poe went back to that church at Souls for Christ, the people were still there praying for him because they knew they were sending him into the darkness to a couple of really bad people. And he went back there and said, if that man got saved, I'm a milk cow, because I don't know what he was looking for. But it was the real deal. Jesus did exactly what he says he would do when he says, whosoever believes on me has everlasting life and will pass from death unto life, you know.
0: And it happens immediately.
1: Yes, sir. Exactly, and it's it's a, an an incredible uh, transition. I'd say probably the one of the first evidences that a new life had taken place was my profanity was gone the very next day, and all of a sudden I was seeing the world in all of its color, and things were beautiful to me. I heard birds chirping and things like that. <laughs> so from that point on, Pastor Poe spent five years personally discipling brendan every sunday in his office he was he was teaching and training us uh, which laid a real solid foundation uh, for a stewardship or a walk with jesus christ Uh, and from that point on uh, it wasn't long when a christian school was started at souls for christ baptist church and Pastor Poe asked me if I'd be willing, uh, even though I was a new believer, uh, to teach uh, Bible, 7th through 12th grade, in the Christian school. And uh, that's pretty much where uh, Brother Jerry and I really uh, got things cranked up with each other. I know we knew each other before that, but Jerry worked there, and so did I, and uh, uh, and I taught Bible there for quite a few years, um, and in the process of time, eventually I left uh, what was called Mid America Christian School, and uh, went from there into a, a printing business of my own, not not the one that Jerry and I had together, and and it was trouble uh, when I left Souls for Christ and Mid America Christian School because I was I was rough. by Pastor (laughs) Poe.
0: So,
1: uh, I didn't really know what to do with myself, but to make a long story short, I ended up at uh, Grace Christian School uh, uh, and spent many years teaching Bible at Mid-America and Grace Christian School and then eventually uh, taught uh, Bible study methods, hermeneutics, hermeneutics, uh, Old Testament Hebrew tools, New Testament Greek tools at Tri-State Bible College. And the Lord seems that has always placed me in positions uh, to disciple and to teach uh, broken people who come along. And uh, uh, to this very day, that's what the Lord did when he removed us from our street ministry in Huntington and brought us down here uh, We have classes that go on now. Uh, God has sent along primarily women uh, whose lives have been difficult. You know, I call them broken. And uh, he has drawn these ladies into uh, expository Bible studies. And as a result of encountering Jesus Christ through the scriptures, their world has begun to make sense, and they've come to realize that the hardships that they have gone through was their fabric, and uh, makes them equipped uh, to do the things that the Lord had purpose for them to do. And right now, we have uh, young ladies in uh, Pakistan uh, who study with us. they are young men uh, we we. Studied with people in uh, Rome, Italy, and in uh, Uganda, Africa, uh, India, been to India six times, and, and uh, discipled and trained potential martyrs there in India. And uh, it, it's very evident that the Lord, according to what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God has placed members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. And the spirit distributes gifts according to his own sovereign decree. And these two work together uh, in the body of Christ to bring glory to God and build up and strengthen and encourage and promote uh, the members or the parts of Jesus's body uh, in the kingdom of heaven on earth right here. And, and the transition is undeniable at, Great. It's wonderful, and the Lord really knows how uh, to bring uh, those that he has saved into a really beneficial way of living as a Christian. You know, so, yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have to say that, that pretty much is the core or the kernel of the testimony that I have. And, and uh, I'm deeply appreciative that the grace of God pursued me Taught me and brought me into compliance with the will of God uh, to be saved by His Son Jesus Christ by faith in Him.
0: It's amazing, um, uh, and you hear stories like this, and sometimes you know they're just all oh, people might be saying, "Oh, that guy didn't live in a chicken house, or that guy, you know, he wasn't homeless, or he wasn't this, or he wasn't that." But it's true, and there's, there's countless people out there that we pass by every day and ignore those folks and uh, think, well, you know, they're too dirty to get saved or they're too mean to be saved. Or they... But, you know, God has used some stinkers over the years to accomplish his perfect will. And, and, and we don't understand that. We don't, we don't understand how it works. But I'm telling you, we better dig in because I don't know about you, brother, but I, I think these perilous times that we're living in right now, they're spoken of in, in the Bible. I, I, think, I think things are coming to a head, and Christians are going to have to decide, am I going to be a Christian or am I going to be a church member? And, and I, think, I think that's a decision that we're going to be faced with here in, in in the in the immediate future,
1: I agree. The day of the Lord is upon us, brother.
0: It's um, yeah, and I mean, you know, people say, "Well, that can't happen in America. That can't happen to us." Um, right. Well, you know, they thought it couldn't happen in Germany either. You know, right. look look what Hitler did, and um, you know, our fabric, as you as you put it, is 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 under attack on a daily basis. And I'm not talking Democrat-Republican. I'm talking no. about the devil and the world system. And, you know, it's not it's not a good time in the world's eyes. It's not a, uh, let's see, I probably could come up with a better word than good. It's not a pleasant time in many respects from the world standpoint to be a Christian. Because, you know, we're at the point now where you can take it, the only people that you can take a cheap shot and get away with in this country are the Christians. You know, people can talk about us, but oh my, we des- dare not talk about anything else or, or, or criticize anything else, but you get applauded, you get bonus points for, uh, for persecuting Christians.
1: Well, that's right, we're accounted as sheep to the slaughter, aren't
0: we? Yeah, we are. And uh, we need to, uh, you know, here in these last days really uh, really buckle down and really understand that, uh, you know, Jesus is, is coming soon. You know, we were over uh, reading, um, uh, we were stu- studying through the book of Revelation, and, you know, when we're, when we're talking about, uh, we just talked about the church in Philadelphia there and where he talks about that new name he's going to give us. You know, and he puts his stamp. And I, I kind of used a, an example. I said, Have you ever chaperoned a group of kids on a field trip somewhere, and you put these bright colored shirts on them, you know, so that you can tell who they are? I said, Well, Jesus got a bright colored shirt on all of us, and he's not going to make any mistakes, and we're going to know that new name when he calls us out. And and those that are going to be left behind is going to be a sad time, brother.
1: Yes, sir, buddy. Exactly right.
0: But. Um, so that that's an amazing story. That's an amazing story. You've had you've been involved in a lot of different ministries along the way, Brother Barry. I know you had you've ministered among the Jewish people. Tell us a little bit about that. You I know you had uh, that that's a tough ministry, brother.
1: <laughs> it was great. Uh, while uh, at Mid America Christian School, which I have mentioned, uh, there there were an incredible. A bunch of teenagers there. I mean, absolutely incredible.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, I'd have to say we, all of us teachers at Mid America, had a love fest going on with those kids. They were just absolutely wonderful.
0: That, that was doesn't
1: great. Thinkers. It doesn't mean that they didn't have some issues and stuff. But these young people responded uh, to love and the Word of God. They even appreciated discipline and things, you know Well, it happened that at Mid-America Christian School uh, They gave me a, uh, a class to teach printing to these kids And there were about six of them uh, uh, If you have listened to the podcast that Jerry is hosting here Uh, You may remember hearing from a young lady named Nisha uh, Freeman and uh, the street ministries that she has with little uh, at-risk children and also some of the young exploited women of our city here. Uh, She was among them and other young teenagers, and what we would do is uh, we would look for opportunity to evangelize. And it happened that at that point in time in Huntington, that there was a significant Jewish community. Uh, We had had a couple of guest speakers brought to the church. And when they came there, uh, they talked to us about the need of Israel to receive the gospel. And it really spoke to us and to those students. And so we started what was known as uh, Home Jewish Ministry. And these kids were the, uh, that was my army. And, And what we would do is we would visit the synagogue on Shabbat, on the Sabbath, and then the message that the rabbi would Uh, teach, you know, from the Torah, from the the trolls, we would go back to the print shop at school and take that message and uh, print it into a a little, well, you'd have to call it sort of like a little newsletter and put a distinctive Christian uh, perspective on top or overlay that uh, Jewish message with a Christian perspective and we would go into the Jewish community and go from house to house and distribute these little newsletters and it, and then go back to the synagogue the next Sabbath and get a message and go back and print gospel, tract, especially for Hebrews, for Jewish people and uh, we were known in the community. Uh, And these kids would deliver these little newsletters, and they had uh, Hebrew, uh, Christian messages for them and everything. And actually, the Jewish community began to uh, meet us at the door, and uh, they welcomed the little newsletters because they were appreciating the Christian perspective on things. Now of course we had some who ran us off and said, "Get away from us! We don't want anything to do with you," and you know all that kind of thing. It didn't deter those students at all. Uh, they were learning how to study their Bibles from the Greek New Testament. They were learning Hebrew or uh, culture and had a burden for Israel. and And uh, it's absolutely wonderful to be able to have a uh, opportunity to interact with. Young people who care about lost souls, and in particular uh, the Jewish people, you know, and and it was just just a wonderful thing. Uh, I will say this, if you don't mind, bro. Sure. Uh, there was at that time someone who was going around on the campus of Marshall University, and they had a gospel message. That was presented uh, almost the terrorizing Jewish students at Marshall University. Wow. It was a message that said, you Jews better get saved and repent for crucifying Christ or you're going to die and go to hell type stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that person that was doing that... Uh, the Jewish community began to think that that was me uh, and my little teenage, you know, warriors. And so Rabbi Winger called me up one day and he said, Now I know I have no authority over you, but we've got charges against you that you are terrorizing our children on the Marshall campus. And we'd like to know if you would come and answer to the charges. Well, I knew that we weren't doing that kind of thing at all. We had great respect uh, and high regard for Israel and for the Jewish people, because our savior is Jewish and his word is Jewish. And we were under the opinion of Genesis 12 that whosoever blesses Israel will be blessed. And we wept over the souls of, of Jewish people who were You know, the anti-Semitism and things, and we had nothing to fear. So I went to the synagogue, and they definitely had had 12 men uh, in the synagogue with the rabbi seated at the head of the table. And when I came in, uh, they had convened a trial against me. But when I walked in the door, the woman whose child... Uh, at Marshall University, who had been terrorized, she immediately stood to her feet and said, this is not the man who was doing that. And Rabbi Winger began to apologize to me profusely uh, because he realized that they had no case against me. But what that did was it gave me an opportunity to offer to him and those seven Jewish men 102 proofs that Jesus is their Meshach is the Messiah. And uh, so the gospel of God through his son, Jesus Christ, was declared in the synagogue to the rabbi uh, as a result of that. Um, and the message was that Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Messiah, Is you know of the seed of Abraham, of the seed of David, the uh, Messiah that God uh, has sent to become the propitiation for the sins of all who would believe on Him. You know, (laughs) and it was just a fantastic opportunity to potentially be put on on trial uh, for something that you didn't do. And uh, believe it or not, a good relationship took place with rabbi winger until he finally left the synagogue and and then rabbi Wooker took over and and uh it seemed like at that right there time had passed by and the kids graduated and i had been moved to another place and home jewish ministry came to an end
0: right know? well you know god puts us in ministries he takes us out he uh, he allows us to do things for a period of time, and then we move on. But uh, I don't know whether you'd agree with this statement or not, and if you don't, that's okay. But um, I kind of believe that everybody that's a child of God, now, not the fake Christians, not the ones that are playing church, but I believe every truly born-again believer, if they'll just look for it, God has a ministry for them out there.
1: Absolutely have purpose. Sure
0: do. And, uh, you know, you, you, we have a purpose driven life. We have, uh, you know, our purpose is, is, is to glorify Jesus, to glorify God. And there's many different ways to do that. And, you know, I think everybody has a a gift or, or some people multiple gifts. And I think we need to just be willing to use those, uh, for God. And, uh, not that he needs our help. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't need a little old pipsqueak like me. But he knows that's good for me. And he uses me to accomplish. You know, he could do everything without me or you or anybody else. Everything, anything he wanted to do. But right. I, think, I think he knows that um, to win people to him that we need to be, you know, he's never going to command anybody to love him. You know, it's whosoever will let him come. It's not his will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But he's never going to force his love on anybody, but he wants us to share that love with others, I believe.
1: Yes, indeed. That's exactly right. In our own unique way, uh, we are sent forth in this world with the words of life, and whosoever will, will believe on Jesus, will receive life of the ages, eternal life. And uh, uh, you're exactly right. It's a high and holy calling, but at the same time, it's a tremendous privilege to be a part of the kingdom of heaven uh, on earth, you know. Amen. Yeah, it sure is.
0: Well, brother, I tell you, we've uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've still got a lot of stuff we could talk about. We might do it again another day uh, but I tell you, it's 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 been a pleasure talking to you. But I would like to uh, leave you with one question here. And you talked about, and I, and I was talking to somebody, uh, young man, last night. As a matter of fact, said you just you just can't hate. You got to you got to turn loose of it because it will, it'll eat you up. And you and you talked about the hate, the hatred that you had in your heart. And then when you received Jesus, He re, He released you from that hatred. What would be your advice to some young person, old person, middle-aged person who is consumed with hate? They're hating on somebody, and there's a lot of hate in this world today. There's a lot of hate. Uh, you know, they hate the politicians, they hate the preacher, they hate the Christians, they hate this one, they hate that one. That person that's that's consumed with hate. What would your advice be to
1: that person? It's the uh, the process of training street shepherds and cycling people. One of the areas that we we intentionally deal with uh, is in Galatians chapter 5, and it deals with the uh, works of the flesh. And in Galatians 5, it's very clear that the works of the flesh are contrary the spirit of God uh, we can't be walking according to the flesh and at the same time be walking in the spirit uh, so in this very detailed uh, passage of scripture in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 down to 21 uh, Hatred, contention, jealousies, wrath, all dissensions, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. Paul said, "Those who practice such things have no inheritance in the kingdom of God." Now, this passage is very difficult uh, to get an understand an accurate understanding without what Paul said in the original language now I'm not at all discrediting our English translations or anything like that but if I were to sit with a young person who is sensitive and recognizing all the hatred that's in the world and especially the polarization uh, of people based on skin color or uh, male or female, or, you know, all kinds of things like that, uh, I, would, uh, I would engage them in a, in a serious study at looking at this whole passage right here in its context uh, according to what the Apostle Paul was bringing forth, you know, for the Galatian believer. And recognizing here that all hatred is a work of the flesh and it's contrary to the spirit of God. And, uh, here's what Paul says, walk in the spirit and you will not bring to completion, or you will not fulfill the lust, the craving, the desire, uh, of the flesh. And, um Hatred is a symptom of flesh walk, it is, and instead, those who have believed on Christ are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit of God indwelling the believer produces fruit, and the thing that emanates forth out of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is a new man in Christ. And that is what God's intention is, is to draw all of us who have believed on Jesus into conformity the life that's in christ Uh, and avoid as much as possible i know we're in the flesh but we don't want to walk according to the course of this world or according to the spirit that works sons of disobedience Uh, we don't want to walk according to the things that bring about death and destruction but instead may we be vessels of life and hope and truth for people by going forth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, lifting him up and inviting people to know the Son of God uh, through faith in him. That's the kind of thing I would talk to with a young man who's sensitive to a world that has gone nuts with uh, the darkness of this world right here.
0: Amen, brother. That's good advice, and I'm, I'm telling you, um, there's there's just, like I said, so much hatred, so much uh, evil uh, going on today. You know, I, I think, you and I'm sure you'll remember years ago when they had the little old 39-cent bracelets with WWJD on them, you know, and uh, it's a kind of a simple thing. But any time we're faced with a problem or a situation or a crisis or a decision, if we just thought about that, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I think uh, we'd make a lot better decisions in life, and and I think things would be better. Well,
1: that's true. You know, Jerry, we can't generate perfection out of ourselves. No. This, This is a walk in Christ uh, yielding to his uh, uh, his life in us, you know, uh, and that that's an absolute must is to recognize his authority in our lives and walk with him and grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know.
0: Amen. Well, brother, I can't tell you how good it's been to be with you again, and uh, we need to not make it so long till we. Again, I've, uh, I've enjoyed this and you know one of these days maybe we can get together over a big greasy pizza like we used to I mean, my heart's already blown up once I guess I could work on the second but no I don't want that again trust me but uh, it's been great to be with you uh, and like I said uh, uh, you've touched a lot of lives along the way I know you've touched ours and in uh, your ministry and just want you to know we love you, and appreciate you, love that redheaded wife of yours too, and uh, glad uh, glad she home you and uh, uh, that uh, and she's been a she's been a tremendous influence with you, and we appreciate you both. So, brother, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know, and we'll talk again someday. Okay, thanks for being with us.
1: Okay, Jerry, thank you so much, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity
0: here. God bless you, brother. You too, buddy. Well, that concludes our interview with Brother Barry Smith, and wow, what a tremendous testimony he has! And he and his wife Brenda have been used of God in a mighty, many, many mighty ways over the years. And we love Brother Barry and Brenda, and, and uh, that son Seth of his. And I tell you, they, it's just it's just a blessing uh, becoming friends with them and. Uh, you know, even though they're in Tennessee and we're way back up here in West Virginia, we're we're still friends, and uh, I know that if I needed anything, that uh, Barry would be right there to help me with it, and the same goes true the other direction. Well, listen, uh, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll be with us for our next episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. But until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.